Welcome to Voices of Clarity. Together we will learn about kids and mental health from experts within the field. Let's get started. The topic we are going to discuss today is strengths amid the stress, nurturing yourself and your spouse. My name is Gerard Mijon and I'm with the Clarity Child Guidance Center. We look forward to an engaging conversation with our guest, Andrea Tristan. This talk is a production of Clarity Child Guidance Center, a nonprofit treatment center solely dedicated to helping children three to 17 with their mental health. Clarity is located in the San Antonio Medical Center and provides inpatient and outpatient services to several thousand of children every year. You can read more about the center on our website at claritycgc.org. Of course, this event is purely educational and by no means an attempt to provide counseling online. Andrea Tristan is a licensed professional counselor, counselor and certified clinical trauma professional. Andrea has worked in various counseling settings, including a youth homeless, homeless shelter, mental health residential treatment center, community agencies, and now in outpatient therapy. Andrea is passionate about helping children and families work through and overcome tough times with a nurturing and empathetic therapeutic approach. On a personal note, Andrea is also engaged to getting to get married. And so um, with that, Andrea, welcome. Hi, Gerard, thank you. I'm excited to be here today. It's great to have you. Now, my, my first question is, how does family stress, which is, could be caused by trauma and serious illness, for example, impact the relationship between spouses? Sure. So I think that family stress, depending on the severity, can have a significant impact on partners um, and spouses, for sure. I think that um, each person can experience that stress very differently. I think that's one thing to remember is that um, families can go through the same traumatic experiences and each spouse can have a totally different emotional response, a totally different perspective from the other. Um, and so I think it's important to respect and understand those differences from one another um, and not try to avoid judging, blaming, shaming, or criticizing your partner for maybe having a different reaction or response than you. Um, so I think it's really important to communicate with each other about um, where those feelings are coming from or what those responses are about, especially when they might be different from the other. Um, so I think it can have a significant impact in, in a lot of different ways. I think that's a big piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and could you maybe give us some examples of the variety of responses you, you've seen uh, with working with parents on, on, in that area? Sure. So I think it's very common that, you know, the kids that we see that are going through some challenges, whether emotional or experiencing trauma, it's very often that, you know, maybe one parent thinks that it's just a phase or we just need to give them some space and they'll be fine. They'll come out of it. And the other parent might think, no, we need to attack this head on. We need to do this and do that and do this. And so it's common for parents to have different responses um, and to have a different idea of, of how to resolve various issues um, that are happening. And so I think that, again, it's really important um, to have that open communication so that the other person knows what that reaction is about. Um, we're, we tend to be quick to make assumptions or personalize things. You know, if your spouse has had a stressful day at work and they come home 
and they have, they're less patient or their tone is off, um, we might personalize that and make it about us when really it's about something else that happened for them earlier that day. So it's important, I think, to communicate what's going on um, so that we avoid kind of getting into a, a stressful situation. But it's kind of like the, the different responses to grief, right? You may have somebody who's internalizing it and, and seems kind of withdrawing, and then you have somebody who's just very irritable. or And so that, that just changes because you have this external thing happening doesn't mean that each of our experience uh, response to it will, will be the same, right? Absolutely, yes. And I, I think it's common to see, you know, one parent may um, keep everything inside or may not have that outward emotional response. And the other might feel like, is this not impacting you? Or are you not really, right. um, and, and be quick to be judgmental or be upset or offended by that when maybe that, that could just be personality differences and just, they may be affected just as much. They're just handling it in a different way. When I, I guess it's in part is the expectation of, you know, we're, we're a couple, so we're, where we should feel and 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 kind of be on the same page, right? Sure. There's a little bit of that, maybe. Sure. Yeah. The assumption that I need you to be feeling the way that I'm feeling, or you know, we're supposed to be doing this together. Um, but it, you have to remember that you're both different people. You're both your own person, and so it's it understandable that the responses may look different sometimes. So in any case, that, that creates some tension, right? So that could, could really create even some conflict uh, between the, the, the partners and sp our spouses. Now, if this, this relationship becomes very tense and, and even conflictual, tell us a little bit, how can that impact the children uh, or the child who even, whether the child is, you know, in, in special need child or not, uh, how, how, can you comment a little bit about that? What you see can happen? Sure. So, uh, you know, our kids are like sponges, right? They absorb everything that's around them. Um, they pick up on everything and can sense tension in the home and, and between um, partners, even if I think even if they're not directly exposed to parent conflict. So even if they're not seeing their parents fight or argue in front of them, if there's tension, if there's some conflict going on between a couple, um, they can pick up on that. I think they can sense that. And so oftentimes it may lead to um, our kids acting out. So increased acting out behaviors like more tantrums or um, not responding to limits um, or, you know, just acting out more often. It might look like increased anxiety, so trouble sleeping. Um, just really worried, asking a lot of questions. Some kids, like our older teenagers, may withdraw and isolate or try to avoid their parents at all costs if they know that there's a lot of conflict or arguing, arguing going on. Um, and then sometimes you might see the opposite with younger kids. They might be more clingy or needy because they can sense that something's wrong. And so maybe, you know, I need that sense of safety from someone or I need to make mom and dad, like, happy so that things mm -hmm better. So they take some of that responsibility on themselves at times. And so um, I think it, again, comes back to communication, parents being able to communicate, you know, what's going on so that their kids don't um, start to develop any of those behaviors. So the, the, in some way, like the, the, the response or the, the reaction, the change in the, in the child's uh, way of being, right, whether it's, it's a more 
undisciplined or, or, or acting out or, or withdrawing or being clingy, right? It could, could be a kind of a, a sign that, okay, there's something that's happening there that may not come to something that the child's experiencing outside the home, but maybe just simply he's, that's his response to, to some, some challenges in, in the relationship, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think they're very sensitive to that at times. So, so in this context, it's, it's often difficult to take a step back, right? So, so we're living already a stressful uh, situation, uh, you know, for whatever reason is ha something's happening or something has been difficult. It's a grief, grief from, uh, you know, something that is going on. And so we're having as a parent, uh, this, uh, and as a couple, this, this process, and then maybe our child or children have a, another challenging responses. So, so we're, we're in the midst of it. So how do we, how do we step back? How do we start stepping back to, to recognize that there are some communications problems so that it's not just, you know, we're not just going through it completely unaware. Sure. Yeah. And so I know that this is tough, especially right now, you know, there's so much happening and so many responsibilities that a lot of families are juggling um, a lot of their own personal stress that they might be trying to manage. But I think when we're noticing those signs of whether it's persistent arguing, or whether it's you're carrying around a lot of negative feelings towards your spouse, a lot of irritability or frequently criticizing. I think those are signs that it's time to really make some intentional time to connect with each other. Mm -hmm. um, and that can be tough, I understand, but I think it's so important whether it's whatever is realistic for your lifestyle, whether it's a few minutes a day, whether it's just maybe once or twice a week, but having time where you can come together face to face and talk about those issues or just communicate in general. If if that feels very foreign for some couples, like just setting aside time to talk about how the week's going. Um, is there anything that we want to start trying to do differently? Um, is there something we need to get off our chest that, that we're struggling with? So I think that's the key that often we get so busy um, with day-to-day -day life and you know, we may communicate about logistical things or stuff about things about the kids in passing. But if we can carve out a good chunk of time to sit and talk with each other. I think that can be that's that's a good place to start for sure. I mean, I have the, I have this image, you know, where where if we have a a leaky tire tire on our car, right, and then we keep putting hair in it, but it's never working, right? We got to stop and replace it and fix the tire, right? Okay. It's 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 an idea of okay. We can see the signs, right? You, I think you were very clear about whether it's arguing a lot or it's uh, negative feelings or criticizing. And I mean, those are pretty easy signs to, to recognize, but it's the idea of like, okay, we, we got to kind of take a break. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, we can't keep putting band-aids on, on these little things and expect, you know, miraculous change or expect that everything will just get better. Sometimes we really have to slow down and be intentional about what we're doing and really take some time to think and plan and, and, um, you know, redirect uh, what, where we're going. Yeah. And, and this, this conversation might be sometimes difficult, right? How do you, how do you take that conversation? So you're, you know, let's say, you know, you're, you're uh, in this situation with, with your partner and, and, or spouse and you're, 
you feel very negative you have and what what would be the the, the best way to 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 get that out and or or have that start physically and and propose that to to your spouse sure so i think it can be overwhelming sometimes especially depending on how severe the conflict is or how long it's been going on it can be hard to know where to start um i think that again the starting with finding some time um that's uninterrupted we're setting aside our electronics we are hopefully getting some time away from the kids so that we know we won't be interrupted and then really starting with trying to listen, right? We are very quick to want to get our two cents in. We want to be heard. We want him or her to, to hear us out and understand and agree with what we're saying. Um, but they might be coming from the same place. They want the same things. And so I think the more we can slow down to listen and trying to understand our partner's perspective, um, the more successful that conversation is likely to be. So being willing to hear them out, trying to understand, and then maybe making some basic reflections, like um, I hear that you're really frustrated right now, or I hear that I've been doing this and it's been causing you some stress. Um, can you tell me more about like what's what else is contributing to that for you? So really basic, just kind of telling them what you hear them saying, um, and then maybe even allowing, depending on how structured you want to get or how difficult this is for you, maybe you set a timer, maybe one person gets a certain amount of time to talk and the other person gets their time to talk. Um, that way, you know that you're going to have that opportunity and can focus more on listening when your partner is is trying to communicate something. And that is sound like the, the, the approach we have at Clary, we talk about collaborative problem solving. Mm -hmm. And if you want to talk a little more about that because it's we use that with children right who have challenges and and trying to engage them and and understand what is really going on with them but that really can work between spouses and how, tell you can you tell us a little more about what look that looks like sure absolutely so the way that i understand collaborative problem solving is it's more of like a team approach right you're um, asking the other person for their perspective or their thoughts and and what their ideas are for resolving an issue. You know, it's not, this is what I need you to do. Here's what you're going to do. This is because I said, this is what we're going to do. And clearly that that doesn't go very well in a, in a relationship and marriage. Um, and so I think it's about, again, taking that time to hear, okay, what are your ideas here? What thoughts do you have? What are options that you see of how we can address these issues? Um, and hopefully trying to work together to find a solution that works for, for both people um, and ideally works for the whole family. Um, and so I definitely think that, that that's a great tool to use between spouses um, so that you know both people um, have a stake in that decision. Both people have some accountability there. You know, if it's just one person's idea, and if it doesn't work out, then it's easy for the other to say, well, that was your idea. That's what you wanted to go with. So I think it's healthier if, if both parties um, have a say and have some, some um, again, responsibility in that decision. Um, and maybe they're more motivated to see it through and to, to make it work. I think that really, well, first thing I hear is, is having this dialogue, right? And, 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 and back and forth. And, the other part is, and I, I'm a, as a married man, I, 
I, I know it's it's been very important. It's it's for me to to listen to my wife's feelings, right? To to just hear that and not not necessarily do anything. Just just hear it. Uh, yeah. And, and that, you know what is that about, right? It's can you talk about <laughs> that? It's like because <laughs> we. I mean, I tend to want to fix things, right? Right. And and that's all a lot of of the time. You know, one of the spiders wants like, okay, I want to fix the problem. It's not mm -hmm. what needs is needed, right? Absolutely, yeah. I think that's a very common struggle that a lot of married couples go through, or a lot of people go through, um, especially during this time when there's so much maybe that's out of our control um, that we can't really fix, right? There may not be a quick fix to a lot of these issues we're having to deal with now. So yeah, taking time to just listen to their feelings, listen to their experience, and validating. So I'm huge on on validating the other person's perspective and feelings, which doesn't mean that you have to agree with them. You can validate and say, I, I hear you. I can understand how you feel really stressed about that. Um, and maybe not necessarily agree or see it the same way, but still be able to acknowledge that. And sometimes that's all that your partner might be looking for. Um, because it may be frustrating if you start coming up with all the ideas or solutions and maybe that's not really what they want to do or not what's needed. So it can be absolutely as simple as just listening um, and and reflecting and validating their experience. And, and for me, I mean, as when I come back from work or something that's really bothering me, it's really helpful to, to be able to tell my wife and feel like, that I can confide in her. This is what's happening, and I'm I'm really upset. Right? That that just like releases the the, the feelings in a huge way. Sure. So it goes, you know, for, for on both on both sides is really helpful. Yeah. So, and I, I want to remind our participants if they have any questions, to just please at any time put put them in the in the chat, and I will be uh, checking those out in a minute. Now, beyond communications problems. At a at a more basic level is the sense of connection, commitment, and belonging, right? That is kind of a structure that's needed in a in a partner in a relationship. Uh, how do you nurture the foundation or the foundations of this relationship? Sure. So uh, again, I think it's going to go back to setting aside that time to connect with one another. And I think last week um, our topic was self care. And I think that that's just as important in a relationship to have some self-care for the marriage, um, to do things together that help um, foster those connections, to help kind of remind each other of why you chose each other in the first place um, and what you admire, what you love about each other. I think um, taking that time to, to do something fun together that you both enjoy. Um, or maybe set aside some time to to talk about whatever, you know, something fun or playing a game together, asking each other different questions. Um, and then I think on a, on a daily basis that doesn't always take a whole lot of time, it's just noticing the little things and showing appreciation to your partner for the little things that they might be doing, you know, making time to say, hey, thanks for washing the dishes this morning, or Thanks for picking up the slack here. I was really struggling. That meant a lot to me. More compliments. You know, I know when, again, when we get into the day-to-day -day grind or we've been together for a long time, we lose sight or it, it may not seem as important. But I think that's a great way to, like, to rekindle the relationship or to, to um, 
have that sense of connection with each other to so just say, hey, you look really nice today um, or whatever might be appropriate for your relationship. Um, and then maybe taking time to reflect on for ourselves, what do you love about your partner? Mm-hmm. What do you appreciate? What are some positive things that you can think of that they're doing? Because again, I think if, especially if we're struggling, if we're having conflict, um, we have to practice, I think, getting in that positive headspace or reminding ourselves again, why, why we like this person, why we're in the, in this thing with this person. So I think those are some, some helpful things to start with. Yeah. We talked about the uh, last week about in that, indeed self-care and, and that time of just for yourself and, and a little bit meditation. And that, that is actually a great thing to bring up in your, in your time, quiet time. Yeah. Gift your, your spouses for you and that, Kind of just cultivate that um, to to fight that all those other challenges that you may have come into your mind. So it's a little bit, can be a struggle, but that's really really helpful. Now, tell me what, when would you recommend working with a professional uh, if if that if you feel like you know there is something more more serious going on? Sure. So I I think again if, if things. If you're noticing like a persistent arguing and you just can't even be in the same room together without having a conflict over something or fighting about something, if you're really struggling to even know where to start or um, you just feel really like you can't even approach the other person, um, then I think those are some signs um, if, if you're feeling like there's just not time in the day to connect or to really work on this on your own, I think that that's time to, to maybe reach out for some professional help, um, which is very common. I think that there's this, you know, stigma. Um, obviously, we know there's stigma around mental health still, but even more so for, you know, if you tell people you're in couples counseling, it's like, oh, gosh, um, things are not good. But we all need help, and it's no different for a relationship, even more so. Um, and so it's a great, I think, tool and resource to use um, if, if you need a third party to help facilitate some of that conversation um, or to give you some tools that you may not be aware of that could be helpful. And how, how would you recommend to, how do you look for somebody like that that can help you? How do you pick somebody? Sure. So I think um, online, there's a great website that's um, pretty common called psychologytoday.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically a directory, a huge directory of all therapists and counselors and, and psychiatrists, psychologists across the nation. But you can filter it. You can search for a couples therapist. You can search for people in your area. You can even plug in the insurance provider that you have to try to find someone that takes your insurance. Um, so that's one way of kind of scanning through some profiles. And then maybe from there, it'll take you to their website or give you contact information to learn more about those providers. Um, And another resource that I really like um, is a website called Gottman.com, which is G-O-T-T-M-A-N.com. From John Gottman, who was one of like the founding forefathers of couples relationships and and, um, psychology and working with couples and all of that, um, but there's a lot of good resources and another uh, database of therapists, a couples therapists um, that are licensed um, counselors, licensed marriage and family counselors, and also specifically trained in his, um, in his approach. 
And so that's another place um, to potentially nice. Thank you. I have a question here in the chat. Is there any value in evaluating the why the spouse feels the way they do during conversation? Meaning, why do you think you feel that way? Or what do you think happened in your past that has led you to feel that way? Is that is that a helpful question? Um, potentially, sure. I mean, I, I think if, if a couple, if a partner, if a partner is expressing how they're feeling, I think it's great to ask, you know, can you tell me more about like what might be contributing to that feeling? Mm -hmm. um, or if it's something understanding your partner's family history and, and things that maybe they experienced in their past, that can be really helpful because then maybe there's some patterns that are coming up that affect how they show up with you or how they interact with you. And that could be helpful maybe in not personalizing their actions or understanding maybe how you can respond differently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's a fine line here between, you know, trying to understand and, and, and listen and, and then being the acting like a, an analyst or a therapist, right? That's like, sure. how do you, where do you not cross the line or how do you cross the line that makes changes everything? Sure. So I, I think, um, of course, no one wants to feel like they're being fixed or I think especially yeah. by, their, by their partner, you know, but so I think it's a tough line to, to find. I think, uh, you know, it's helpful to stick with the validation and just reflecting. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that's a good sign that if it's something that keeps coming up and getting in the way, maybe that's where a therapist or a professional could be helpful because your partner might be more receptive to hearing that from someone else than, um, than from their spouse. Yeah. But I think one thing you're talking about validation, I think that really how you do that is really important. Making, connecting almost emotionally with like, wow, this, this must be very hurtful or this must be very painful. Uh, and then stopping there almost like just letting the person uh, go on if they want to, uh, or just express, you know, emotion. Um, I think that that's, that's key. And then also the other thought, I, you know, the realization, you know, in my personal experience is like, it, if you did that once, it's not done, right? This, this conversation could happen many times, many times if, if the, if the, the trauma is pretty, you know, pretty deep and or pretty, and so that it doesn't like, oh, we've listened, we had that conversation now, things are better. It just takes a lot of time, right? To heal some things that are pretty, pretty serious. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that requires a lot of patience and, and understanding and recognizing that sure, just having one conversation about it isn't necessarily going to fix the problem or make it go away. Um, your partner may continue to struggle and, and may go through phases, right? Where they're, where they're struggling more at certain times than others. And so that might require coming back to that conversation or maybe kind of coming up with a system of like, Hey, I'm struggling this week. Um, here's where I'm at. This is what I need. Um, I think communicating all of those things, though, is is key so that we're not walking around making assumptions about what's going on in the other person's head um, and what they're thinking and feeling. So that's that's super important. Thank you. Another another question that's really good is how do you handle a spouse who during a conflict seems to seek allies in the children? Hopes, yeah. So tries to, um, I guess, kind of bring the kids on their side or tries to align with the kiddos or get the, yeah, 
that's tough. And I would say trying to avoid that as much as possible, because another thing that's really important for our kids, um, you know, overall health and well-being is for parents to be on the same page as much as possible. You know, if kids see that parents are on different pages or I can get away with this with mom, but not this with dad, um, they're going to use that to their advantage, right? And that might create some behavioral issues down the road or maybe some insecurities for the kiddos and affect their, their attachment with parents. Um, and so, and it also puts kids kind of in a tough spot because I'm sure they love both parents. And then they're kind of forced to say, oh gosh, do I agree with dad or mom or what do I do? And, and that's a tough position to put, put a kid in. So I think trying to avoid that as much as possible. And if we're seeing that, maybe saying like, hey, let's maybe take a time out and, and talk about this, you know, on our own or offline, like not with the kids around. Right, right. And, and just explain the, what you just explained, that, that is actually putting a, an undue burden on the kids that could be, have very serious consequences for them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Another uh, question that I kind of follow up of the one before was uh, a common issue many couples face during conflict is dredging up old issues while discussing the current one. Is there value in setting rules for these types of conversations? Sure, yes. So that is one of the common, um, there's a worksheet that I often use that has fair fighting rules and a list of, of a bunch of different tips um, for general communication. And that's one of the big ones. So if we're talking about a problem, let's stay focused on that specific problem. Um, it's going to get too overwhelming and too muddy and too messy to bring up everything that the other person's ever done the whole time you've known each other. Um, and if those things have already been addressed and dealt with, then we need to, to leave them there, right? And just focus on the issue at hand. If there's still feelings or issues related to those past issues, maybe again, setting aside time, another time to talk about those. But in the present, I think yes, it's it's good to to stick with one issue at a time um, so that it can actually be productive and you can resolve it and not get overwhelmed. Right, right. And I think that, yeah, that that could be just a setup of, of the conversation. It also indicates, you know, like like you said, there are maybe other and setting a, a time for, okay, it looks like we're still, you're still having issues with this past, you know, thing that happened or whatever it is. And, mm -hmm. and, and really we should talk about it, but maybe, maybe at a different time. Um, and, and, uh, and also the idea of, you know, forgiveness, which is huge in, in couple relationships as working on that for all is a, is a big. Um, good. Well, that's, that's really. Any, any closing comments, Andrea? I don't think, I mean, I know that this is tough. So I think, you know, being as patient and uh, gentle with ourselves and our partners as we possibly can and taking it one step at a time is, is key. Thank you so much. Well, that was great, great being with you. Uh, this is, uh, this was a, a very helpful and, and I think very important for a uh, conversation for parents. And uh, with, that, with that said, uh, have a wonderful rest of the week and thank you again. Thanks for joining us. Please visit our website, claritycgc.org, for more children's mental health tips, tricks, and resources. See you next time.